Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. I love you, Vinny. road to growth listeners. Uh, today, I have Kyle, uh, Kyle Cox. Uh, you're the founder, owner of Blindster, correct? Yes, and happy to be here. So one thing, like um, we've had a back and forth trying to get you on here. So yes, we made it happen. I think this is, uh, you were in Texas with everything kind of going on. Well, if if everyone listening knows, it's been really tough, tough in Texas over the last couple of weeks, huh? It has, it has. We were like everybody else. We were without power for three days and it was, you know, in the teens, the low teens for a couple of days, all of our plants in our yard died. <laughs> and, uh, we had one pipe burst. Uh, it was pretty minor. It was above our closet, but, uh, a lot of people had a lot more severe damage and, and stuff. So it was freezing. We were bundled up me. I'm a, I'm married. I have three kids and we were all in our ski gear, Colorado ski gear, and three or four blankets trying to keep warm. It was actually in, inside my house, it was 39 degrees. Oh, wow. For, for like, you know, a day or two, for a day and a half, two days. So, yeah, it makes you appreciate the, the little things, electricity. You know, who would have thought in the fourth largest city that we'd lose power for, for three days? So, pretty crazy. And water, and water too. We lost water too. So. When you for, when you don't have those things, sometimes you forget about them or you become spoiled by them. Like I I'm, I'm I live in San Diego, and when it rains, and it just rained a couple days ago, everyone freaks out because we barely ever get rain, and because we're not not used to it. But then you talk to someone back east that has the snow, and they're like, "Please, uh, what are you talking about? I have to basically clean off my car today because there's ice all over it. We got black ice. Got this." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Remember how lucky we have it." Yeah, that's true. We're just not used to the snow down here. You know, it's crazy. I've lived here for 35 years and then, you know, it's like a novel thing, you know, it's like a little bit of dust and the kids might go outside and be able to make a snowball or something, but it just doesn't snow in Houston. When they were talking about the storm, you know, a week ahead of time, we're like, yeah, whatever, we're going to get four inches of snow. It's going to be, you know, in the single digits, but it happened. So, but we weren't prepared, obviously. So, uh, but our business was able to, we did, we did shut down. We had to shut down the business for, well, I say shut down. We're an e-commerce company. So that's the beauty. We didn't have to shut down, but we were still open 24 seven, but our customer service and sales, which is a big part of our business, answering email and, and phone calls and chat. Uh, we were real limited because only a few people had power, very few. So we actually kind of shut down everything, but, but chat. Um, so the people that could get on chat and cause if we turned on the phones, the one or two people that were on the phones would have been overwhelmed. So we made it through. Have you ever thought about outsourcing outside of the United States? I, I mean, we have, I mean, well, I not seriously because, uh, we sell a product that we're, we're very unlike Amazon and that we sell a product that takes a lot of, not a lot, but definitely far above average of contact with your customers because we sell a custom made, we sell custom window coverings. And so um, the, the nice thing about it is we don't compete with Amazon. Amazon's a, they do sell a few, but they're through resellers and that's just not Amazon's business. They don't, 
they don't sell products that require hand holding. And, you know, when it was, I don't think I've called Am. I get something on my doorstep every day from Amazon. It's like Christmas. I forget what I ordered, but um, I've never, I don't think I've ever called Amazon once. I might've emailed them or something, but yeah, we deal with, you know, measuring and installing and people might have questions. We try to, you know, do as much as we can on the website, but yeah, we end up, uh, we've got, um, about 15 customer service and sales people and we take about 10 percent of our orders over the phone and uh and we now we talk to a lot of customers that end up ordering themselves they just have questions or whatever so yeah but outsourcing it one of our competitors tried it and it was a, a huge failure i i knew that it would be number one just from they don't I want the people that talk, they're our contact, they're blindster to our customers. So, you know, and it's so important customer retention, customer, um, you know, re repeat business and referral business. We, I always say we don't, um, we're not profitable on the first sale. We're, we're profitable on the second, third and fourth. And then, you know, their referrals to people, the best form of advertising you could ever have is a referral. And so we try to do everything in our power to make them happy. And when you've got a third party doing it, are they going to have that kind of, are they going to see the big picture? Are they going to, you know, what are the, they're just order takers are there. And plus the, the, training them would be very, very difficult remotely, very difficult. So you might save a little money up front on the right. first sale, but the, the next, the two, three, four, the later ones, you might not get the repeat business. We wouldn't. And that is the key to any business I think is, is, uh, is repeat and referral business. If you're just looking for that one sale, that's a really not a big picture point of view. Um, and you see that with large companies that, you know, when they started out, they really cared about customer service and they were all about that. But then when they get big, they kind of forget about it. And some, if you go public it, you know, I would say like, or I've said before, I've, I've probably spent no telling how many tens of thousands, if not six figures on AT&T over the last 25 years for, uh, for, you know, sell services or whatever. And I can't get a $10 credit on my bill for something that has to go to a supervisor in that, I mean, that's a big company for you, you know, whereas we can make the decision right away. You know, if we need to give the customer the order for free or give them a discount or do what's right. We always tell my people, if you were in that person's um, shoes, what would you want uh, uh, them to do? And we do that and even try to go beyond that because we want them to have such a good experience with us that they're just like, you know, tell everybody about it. It wasn't just a normal experience. And that's what we do with upset customers. If they're upset, we try to, the best advocate you could ever have is, is an upset customer that you're able to turn into a happy customer. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, and maybe it's by giving them the order free. Certainly if it was our fault or something, just give it to them for free. They'll be like, wow, you guys are amazing. And what will they do then? They'll tell everybody about it. And there's no better form of advertising. You know, there's none there. You can't pay for advertising like that. Um, the different levels, you know, you got repeat referral. That's the best. And then you got, if you did another form of advertising, maybe like I do a lot of advertising and I talk about it. So maybe the owner talking about it, you know, and then you have regular advertising, which is expensive and, and it's not personal and so the, but the best form of advertising and it's priceless is the repeat and referral business, the referral business. I mean, when you're looking for something, don't you ask your friend? One of the first things you do is you ask your friend, uh, do you know anybody that does this or do you know anybody that does this? And, you know, 
So that's what I do. And if you're listening right now and you've had a bad experience with someone, anyone or product, whatever it might be, give that company the chance to earn your business instead of just saying, I need to walk away from this company. I think that's one of the, the toughest things right there. They can't fix a problem that they don't know they have. That's absolutely true. That is absolutely true. And it's, it's uh, interesting because we'll have, and this is very rare, but we'll have the most a- aggravated customers and it's kind of, you know, that are just, you guys done another, and then we'll go, sir, you know, we'll just kill them with kindness and say, and this isn't all the time, but it's like, okay, if we don't ever have a c- chance to get that customer back, they're far gone and we don't want them back. <laughs> then we'll be like, okay. But if we think there's a chance to get them back, we just kill them with kindness. And it's funny. You'll hear somebody send this just angry email, just horrible email. And of course, people in email can be a lot, you know, be an alter ego, right. And just be a total, you know, whatever, and then be totally different. But if you talk to them on the phone, they're not going to talk to you like that. Right. Or a text is the same way. So, um, but anyway, we'll come back to them and say, you know what, sir, you know, your, your business is important to us. And we did drop the ball here. And even if we didn't, um, but, uh, and we're going to give you order for free and just to see what they say. Oh, you know, wow, you guys are amazing. So they go from the, you know, a lot of times that happens. And again, that's, that's what we try to, we try to do. It's too important. It's seeing the big picture of a, a but do you're back to your point give the the company because you never know if you just complain and say i'm going to write bad reviews about you to everybody you know give them a chance to to uh to do right and i think most especially small business owners uh are going to do that if they're not they're they're not going to be around long exactly i mean well let's get into your story the thing that got me really excited about hearing you on here was you building a brand got it big enough to sell to to home depot to sell to a big company and not just any blend, maybe it's blinds, basic coverings. And like when I think of that, I'm like, well, coverings have already been around. There's someone already doing that, right? So there's people probably listening. I need a new idea, a new, a new way of doing things. But you yeah. came with this idea that seems like it's been around, yet built it up to such a big company that you're able to sell it off uh, because it's so, so desirable. Well, it's funny because people ask me all the time about uh, that knew I had an internet I, a company that I sold and started another one uh, that I currently own, Linester. But they'll say, you know, I'd like to have an internet business. What what should I do? How do I do it? And I was like, well, it starts with a with an idea, kind of like any other uh, business that you start. If you have something that you can be unique with. Um, and you know, I always say, don't just copycat. If you can do something better, if you have a unique product or, or unique, uh, something you need to be unique or provide a better service than's out there. Um, but what I did, how I got into it is I, out of college, I went to work for black and Decker, great company, um, in sales and marketing, um, was able to get promoted, four times in five years. I started in Houston, went to Albuquerque, went to Tampa, got back to Houston. This was actually about four and a half years. And I'm from Houston. My wife is too. And I got back here and I was like, and I was, uh, I got promoted to Chicago, but at, at the same time, this was 98, 99 and the internet was exploding. You know, it was before the bubble, not long before the bubble. And every day I'd have a different idea. What if I do this? What if I do that? And I would buy domains with my different ideas. And, um, but uh, just so happened that when we moved into our first new home, first 
yeah, a new home. My wife and I here in Houston, we needed blinds. Like it's a new home. It's, you know, never had blinds in it. So we did what a lot of people do and called a professional to come and measure. And it was real expensive. I think we had like 10 windows. This was shoot 20 years ago. It was 10 like forward blinds and they were like uh, i think i still have the receipt somewhere it was like not uh almost a thousand dollars and so and i was you know i, I was uh, when i oh another thing is i would not have so many things in my life have fallen into place just when we moved to houston we moved into a brand new neighborhood and they were one of the first neighborhoods in houston if not the first to wire for broadband so when we were in florida um my wife and i we would you know, we'd play around on the internet. AOL was cool, but it was the old dial up, you know, and it was, I'm, I'm impatient anyway. So it was a novelty. But then when you get here, when I get here and I, and I plug into broadband, I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. And so then the light bulb went off and I've always been kind of like my dad was an entrepreneur and I've always thought about, you know, what, what I could do anyway. Um, luckily with the, my wife didn't want to cover three windows that faced West and we had an argument about it and they were floor to ceiling windows. And I said, okay, whatever, don't put blinds on them. And she wanted to do these panel curtains. So she did them. She made them. Well, about a year later, I said, you know what? I was right. It's freaking hot in here. And the, and she goes, okay, order blinds. But I didn't go back to that, that guy yeah. that I originally ordered. Wait, let, me, from. let me jump in there for one second. Okay. When you when you basically told your wife that you were right, how well did that go over? <laughs> uh, my wife's great. She was like, no, actually, no. She probably, I'm sure she, you know, now that she's happy, she she went along with it. But yeah, I, I doubt that's what she said actually. So I'm probably misremembering that. But <laughs> luckily, luckily, I got my way right. And so anyway, I uh, ordered three blinds from, uh, uh, an internet business that was horrible. The sites he's selling blinds online. If are really custom blinds are very difficult, you know, it's not just something off the shelf. You, there's no skews. If you were to skewitize every product, there'd be tens of hundreds of millions because all the different sizes, the colors, the options. So, you know, basically what people had at the time, the few people that were selling online were had like a grid, a price grid, and you had to calculate your own price and call. They didn't have like where you could add it to a cart and check out and any of that. And plus the, the gateways for credit cards were just in their infancy too. So anyway, I, I ordered them and I go, I got them and I go, wow, you know, I'm still working for Black & Decker. I go, all this guy did was because I saw it had a manufacturer's label on it where it shipped from. I was like, wow, it was drop shipped. And this guy did nothing but sit in his at, at home. And, you know, it, he he took the money and then ordered it. So I was like, wow, what a cool. So I ripped the label off. I mean, probably a couple of weeks went by and I said, you know, I'm going to call this company. So I called him. Lo and behold, their rep was in town that day. He sent his rep. He came over like the next day, Saturday. I didn't know anything about window coverings. So he basically told me about the business and um, tried to, to shorten it up a little bit. My wife and I went to, uh, so I said, well, I got to learn the business. So we, since we were in a new neighborhood, we went and put uh, flyers on people's doors and ended up getting about five or six homes done. And I still didn't know what I was doing. I found out later I was installing the brackets upside down on everybody's windows. So I really didn't know what I was doing, but then I said, okay, I'm ready. So I took, uh, I took uh, $3,000 and had a, a guy out of, Cleveland build me a website and it was the first one I actually using JavaScript had it, you know, 
you put in a price, it calculates it, you add it to a cart and you check out. The funny thing about that is we didn't have a gateway. They were too expensive to charge the card. So we would get an email with the credit card number and my mom would sit and enter them into a terminal over on the side. And we get so backed up, we'd have like stacks of invoices. Like, mom, you got to start charging the cards, you know, because we, we'd get them and we didn't even have a database. So we were using Outlook as our database. If somebody would call with an order, we'd look up their order on Outlook. And of course we'd email, no, we'd fax the orders back then. It's crazy showing how old I am. But anyway, yeah, I got into it and we did, we took off. I mean, I really didn't spend any money on advertising. I did some EBA traffic but we um we just took off you know and we did um uh, yeah i mean we were half a million our first six months so i mean it was crazy with no advertising because there was demand out there and nobody was out there doing it so we were the first um and we just grew you know crazy like crazy for that um and i was 30 and i did sell my business to uh home depot what ultimately was home depot home depot owns it now and uh, they bought several different, several of us websites. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to mention my competitor. I compete against my old company now, um, but we're substantially larger than they are. So that's a good thing. But um, yeah. Uh, what, like when you're building that company out, right? It seemed like half a million dollars in your first month. Of no, for six months. Oh, for six months. Yeah. I mean, still, that's, I mean, it, it seems like it was, a breeze. Was there any kind of hurdles that you had to kind of work through or things that you're just like, Oh my gosh, building a company is maybe not as easy as six months or was it pretty much that way? Well, it took off and then I was excited and the, the growing pains were, I still had my old job. So mm-hmm. I would sit at, you know, I would be on my, cause I was afraid to leave it. So I had, you know, I'd work for do my sales job, black and Decker. And then if my phone rang, I'd, you know, I had two different business cards, one for, you know, my one, you know, for my company, for my e-commerce business, and then one for Black & Decker. And so I I ended up answering the phone. I was customer service. I was everything. I did everything. And my mother wasn't till actually a few months later, my father passed away. So she came, she was a nurse and she came to work for me because I couldn't handle it anymore. But yeah, it was the growing pains. And then we went and got a little bitty office. I hired my I eventually ran out of family to hire, but I hired my mom, then I hired my sister-in-law, and then I hired my brother, and then I ended up hiring my aunt, my uncle, my niece, my cousin, um, <laughs> two two cousins, actually. I have great family. They say don't work with family. I mean, mine's amazing. They were the best employees that you know I've, I've had, and I still have family working for me in the business I have now. But yeah, just the growth, keeping up with the the growth. And then we had competitors come in and knock us off. And, um, but you know, we, we, uh, we had just amazing growth, but you know, looking back, I wouldn't have sold it. I mean, to go to have the growth I had, but I don't, I don't have any regrets. I wouldn't be here and have started a new company that's more successful, but to sell it when I did and skyrocketing, you know, it had, we had doubled the business from, you know, four from Oh three, we'd pretty much doubled the business every year and then to sell it. Um, you know, in hindsight, probably wasn't the most astute business move, but you know, uh, it was a lot of money. And so I took it and then learned, uh, during my non-compete over the next five years, I learned you don't ever want to invest in a restaurant. No offense to anybody that has restaurants. It wasn't for me. Um, 
you know, uh, uh, and then uh, I had a retail business too that I grew their internet, but this was during the recession. It was a, re a lighting business, a retail lighting business, and it didn't do well either. So that's when I came back and started the company I have now, Blindster, because I know what I know and I know what I don't know. I know what I'm good at, know what I'm not good at. And I know this business. So came back to, to what I knew and I had a whole new set of struggles with this business and it was a lot harder the second time around. <laughs> oh, a lot harder. Like, usually I hear that you, you learn from your mistakes on the first time and now yeah. the second time. But, no, this, uh, this was much harder, much, much, much harder. So the second time. Well, okay, we're going to jump into that. What, what was the difference? The question, when did you know that it was the right time to leave your job? Because it seemed like that was like a lifeline right there. Yeah. When did you know that was the, the time? Well, I guess I'm always uh, – I mean, I think anybody that's an entrepreneur, you have to be a, a risk taker and willing to, because there's no reward without risk. I'm sure everybody's heard that. And so I, it's a calculated risk, but um, I know that I had people, including my uncle, who was um, uh, a, an advisor, a business advisor. He had his own business too. He thought I quit too early, but I was just, you know, he's like, don't you want to, you know, make sure you grow it? And I was like, no, I said, I need to, I, but this is the funny thing is I, I did, Ended up, you know, was I making enough? I quit about two months in. I did. I finally just said, I got to do it. Was I making enough money um, at that point to match my income at Black & Decker? Probably not. But uh, I just, I knew we were going to get there. And then, but I got scared and I kept, I was having recruiters call me about my Black & Decker, you know, that type of position. And I actually took a job <laughs> with another company in the industry, Schlaglock. Um, I hope nobody from there is listening, but they, uh, I, I took it cause they had a, uh, uh, signing bonus, but, um, uh, <laughs> it was nice. And then I worked for them for about a month and then I quit again, but I, I felt bad. So I actually never filed an expense report, which was probably about five grand. So I hopefully made it up to them, um, made amends for that. But, uh, yeah, so it was, it's a scary thing, but you know, um, I had passion for it. And I think that's one of the keys to being successful in business or anything really that you believe in. And so I was passionate about it. I was excited about it. I was working all day, all night. And I said, you know what, when I quit, I said, I, I think I figured at the time we'd have, if the business failed or something, whatever that we'd have, I'd have about a year. If we really scrimped, I could, I could, you know, have a year, we could live maybe a year off of our savings, but cause my wife didn't, that's the, I, my wife didn't have a job. She was a stay at home mom and my son was nine months old. And I can remember telling, um, Oh yeah, that's a funny thing too. I remember you talking about making the decision. I can still to this day. And my wife remembers too, I was laying in bed one night, like twiddling my thumbs. I got to tell her, I got to tell her, I got to tell her, I got to tell her. And then I go, Hey, I'm going to quit my job. She goes, she's very supportive. And she goes, well, okay. I said, what are we going to do for insurance though? This is back when insurance was cheap. And I said, we'll get insurance. You know, it's not a, we'll figure it out. But she was very supportive. But I remember being really scared to tell her that I was going to do it, but she was supportive. She didn't, you know, a lot of people, uh, I think that's important to have supportive people around you. But um, I had my grandparents gave me an intervention because they grew up in the uh, depression. So they were like, tried to intervention me at a, at a restaurant. Why are you leaving? You know, you got this great job with a fortune 500 company, you get a company car benefits and 
I just was, I knew work black and Decker was a great company, but I was working my butt off and moving up. But I knew that, you know, ultimately, regardless of how much I work, majority of the money or the, the, the results of that are going to Mr. Black and Mr. Decker and not to me. And I, if I'm going to work that hard um, and I saw that, I also saw, started to see the corporate, you know, liking people that you don't have to acting like you like people that you really don't to get up, you know, to move up. And I didn't like that, the corporate structure of a big company. So yeah, that's um, you know, that's how I got in. That's how I, I got in. And that's how I uh, made the decision, I guess, just a leap. You have to take that leap of faith. Do you think there's anything they could have done to keep you there? No, no, I don't think so. Nope. I when don't think so. I was so, I was so excited with the success we had early on. I didn't know if it would, you know, continue, but I, I trusted that it, that it would because we had competitors that started to come in within the first year um, we had copycats, of course, but then we were in the process of building our second version of the site that actually had a database and actually had, it wasn't Outlook, you know, it was, it was a lot more expensive to build, but it was, uh, we had a database and we had a pro credit card processor. So uh, we built the uh, an, the second version of the site uh, and it launched about, about a month, I mean, a year and a half later, but um, yeah, I just... It was uh it was challenge it was it was a tough decision. Well, actually to me it wasn't a tough decision because I'm a salesman. I said, you know what, I can always just go sell cars if I fail. <laughs> so um what I mean hiring can be difficult, I think sometimes for a salesperson or someone else in another profession, and then you're now you're bringing people on your team and you went the route of bringing on family. When was the point of time when you actually had to advertise? and bring on someone maybe you didn't know was there a, a point that started like i said i think a lot of um, a majority of the time and it's probably true that hiring friends and family is not a good move and it's obviously why obvious why i think um because you don't want that coming between your relationships with those people and it they could end up you know tearing the relationships apart in a work environment but for me it just was a natural thing and I had an amazing family. And so I did my first, like I said, three or four hires were family. And then actually it was, uh, I hired my college roommate to be COO. <laughs> and then it was networking with people that either I knew or people that they're new. Cause I never really liked to hire anybody to just that I didn't know or somebody else. So it's kind of like the whole referral thing, like that I didn't know or somebody knew because I was always, you know, they're like a member of the family and we had an incredible, I mean, I never had any, I had one person quit uh, the company right before I sold and that's it. No one ever quit. Um, and, uh, and we never, we had to let one person go, but you know, very high retention. I paid our people well, they were like family. And so we, we, that's really how we did it. And the nice thing about with blinds, you know, we don't actually, we don't manufacture the blinds and, and neither does Home Depot, neither does anybody selling custom blinds. They actually don't make the product. There's fabricators, manufacturers, several around the country, some big, some small, and they actually make them for the retailer and then ship them direct. So it's a drop ship business. And, but they'll, we curate the line. We, um, you know, we, uh, we, we, so it's our product. They put, you know, our labels on it. So, um, but we actually, in this industry, because it's made to order, 
um, we're not, none of us are manufacturers. So our, our, our level of our, our payroll as a percent of revenue is 6%. So it's mm-hmm. tiny. It's tiny because I mean, our marketing expenses is, is more than double that because that's, that's the big expenses competing against. And that kind of leads when we talk about my new business, about why it was such a struggle because how expensive pay-per-click has become and advertising period, you know, and build, building a brand is very expensive is extremely expensive, but yeah, I mean, so we didn't, uh, I think when I sold my first, we had about 20, 20 employees is all, but if we manufacture it, we probably would have had to have about 500, so employees, if we actually made the product, um, but you, we didn't. Have you ever thought about, even with your new company or maybe the old company, about manufacturing in-house? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, I thought when I, you know, that eventually somebody would like, you know, kind of become the Dell or the direct retailer of, uh, of, of you know, that and you think, okay, if Amazon got into the business, would they, or a big company, would they get in? This, this industry is very unique and it's the most vertically integrated industry you could ever know. And there's one company that owns everybody. I mean, from top to bottom, they, with the exception of Home Depot owning our largest competitor, they own everybody else. You know, they don't own us. Um, yet, <laughs> but, um, uh, there's definitely the opportunity for that. And I know that there is, but they own, uh, every, I mean, every, you know, from the tassels to the strings, to the all different components, to the wholesalers, to the retailers. So that you couldn't really, if you, if you're selling a product, you're probably, you're buying a Hunter Douglas and Hunter Douglas is a fabricator. You're buying you're going to be competing against them and they're huge. They're a $5 billion a year company. And so there are small fabricators around the country, but you couldn't compete with them. They own everything. They own every, every part of the business from top to bottom. So not to say you couldn't, but you'd have to go to China to source the products yourselves. And, and Hunter Douglas owns all the fabricators in China. So, you know, it's just a in, very interesting in, industry that you, um, but, uh, not to say that it still couldn't happen one day. It'd just be very difficult. It's not something I'm looking at doing anytime soon for sure. Um, knowing what I know about the industry, but that's good. Cause it creates a barrier to entry. You can't just go, you know, throw a, both from a cost of building a brand. And then also just for somebody to just start selling blinds out of their house and making them. That's not a, that's not a realistic, uh, you know, thing for somebody to do that. So. So being that the product is is similar, I guess most people are getting from the similar manufacturer. How do you find a way to differentiate yourself from your competitors? That's that's a very good question. And that's what um, I think is the key to marketing. And, and I wouldn't have started the, the first business. I was the first company, you know, really the first website out there to be able to, you know, check out and, and add do your sizes, have it calculate your size, add it to a cart and check out. But we were also the first one to offer a satisfaction guarantee. And I know that sounds, well, why, how, do, how why is that such a big deal? Well, it's a custom made product. So if you don't like it, then we can't resell it. So we take a total loss on it. And so everybody in the industry, if you were in the industry, I think that's the benefit of me not being from the industry. I just said, you know what, I've got to offer a satisfaction guarantee. If they don't, if they like it, then, 
you know, then if they don't like it, and I'm just trusting that a majority of people are honest and that just want to come and get blinds and sure, just like any retail business, like a Home Depot, you know, they figure, okay, 2% of the people that go in there are looking to steal or maybe higher, but, and so that's just a cost of doing business. Well, that's what I, the way I looked at the satisfaction guarantee is that I thought it'd be a very small percent of people and that we could absorb that cost. And we did. And so we were the first ones to do that and free samples. Um, no one was doing free samples. People were charging for them and we did them. We do them and we've always done them for free. And now all of our competitors copied that. Um, and when I launched the second business, I, I would never have gotten in if I didn't have something that set me apart. I'm like, I'm not going to go back and do what I did before because there's a lot of people already doing it. How could I make, how can I make uh, blindster different than what I did before and different than everybody out there. And how I did it was uh, I, I added what's called a fitter free guarantee because I know the percent of people that, you know, okay, a lot, some people out there may be scared that they think it's for professionals, but it's not. It's one of the easiest do it yourself things you could do. And to convince people that they could do it, I, if you mismeasure, it's currently a policy today. If you measure yourself and you make a mistake, and it doesn't fit for any reason, even if, you know, you just read the tape measure wrong, you reverse the measurements, we'll remake it in the new size for no charge. Um, we just charge for shipping and um, we don't even have you return the blind. We have you uh, request that you donate it to charity. And so we just, you know, we take a loss on that. But again, that's one of the things that we hope that that will get the customer to come back in the future because of what we were able to do for them. And, and I always say that we don't have to make money on every sale. I just want to have uh, more money in the bank in the beginning at the end of the month than I had in the beginning of the month. So, you know, that's the big picture look versus micro looking at every single order saying, Oh, we didn't make money on this one. Why didn't we make money on that? You know, I don't look at it like that. So. Makes sense. I mean, if you were looking back at your your younger self that was starting that that company back in the day, before, what kind of advice would you give that person? Um, be persistent and never. If you've got something that I always say, my two things are passion and persistence. So, be passionate about what you um, and and about what you're you're doing, and 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 be persistent and don't quit. Don't ever quit. Um, you know, I, I, um, I sold my house in the second business. I sold my house. I cashed in my 401ks. I did, I did everything I could do to keep this business running. Um, because we ran through, it was very different, you know, landscape the second time around, but just believe in yourself and believe in what you do. And, you know, if you, if you, if you fail, I've, I've, I had some failures for sure on the, on the, on the front, I mean, face value looked like failures, but looking back, I'm glad they happened. They ended up just being lessons, right? And I knew, okay, don't own a restaurant and don't, or whatever it was. Or, you know, I did buy a, a competitor, a small competitor with my Blindster, and that ended up being a failure. But I learned, you know what, um, don't need to buy competitors. And they sold brand name products, which we don't sell. I realized real early on, I'm not going to sell brands because, I'm going to sell my own brand because a brand like, you know, a Levelor, there's or Hunter Douglas brand, they get footballed around. So you can just comparison shop, right? Oh, well, it's here. It's there. Whereas if you have your own brand, 
that's and you see more and more companies, stores doing that, right? Grocery stores coming out with their because they're more profitable and you can't price shop. You don't price shop. You know, people don't um, aren't able to price shop as easily. So, um, yeah. What, okay, so going back to that that failure then, right? And what you learned from it, you're happy that it happened. What do you think one of the best nuggets you got from one of your failures has been? Um, well, I've had quite a, I've had quite a few, but you know, I look back, like I said, on every one of them as they weren't failures. They were just lessons, you know, that I, that I learned because you learn from that. And, um, uh, you know, one, um, trying to think I may, I probably have a bigger, well, I mean, the one that I can think of off the top of my head, well, there's two, you know, selling my business so early, I learned that, um, you know, that selling a business for three times uh, a multiple of earnings is probably not good when you're growing at 80% a year. So um, that was a lesson and, and how to value your business and how to value, you know, and, and not. So that was an early lesson. But then I bought a competitor thinking I was going to fill a need that the brand need that we weren't, even though I was totally against you know, selling brands. I was like, well, there are a certain amount of people that want a brand. So let me add this. I'm going to acquire a competitor and, uh, that was retiring. So I bought their website and, you know, we were different, uh, domain name and, and they had been around about 10 or 15 years. So they, well, about 10 years now, about 15 years. And I learned from that is that stick with, uh, you know, stick with what you know and, 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 and your, you know, your gut, it's a, it's a scientific fact I've read before that your gut feeling is actually a biological thing. It's not just a, there's actually, and I've, I've got a big gut and I tend to go with my gut and I should have, because I felt like that that there was no reason to carry brands, but I doubted myself and said, well, let me, well, I learned, you know, by failing at that. Um, Cause we've since taken the, uh, the website for the most part down. Um, it's still there, but we don't advertise it. We don't do any volume on it. So it, it really, we need to take it down completely. But yeah, I mean, I lost a lot of money on that, but I learned that I didn't need to be in that business and I didn't need to be in the brand business. Um, and I should have trusted my gut feeling or what I felt like I knew. And, and so that's what I learned. Fair enough. Well, I mean, everyone, uh, if you're looking for some blinds, go to blindster, uh, and another nugget, if you have a gut or don't have a gut, follow it. Even if you <laughs> abs and you're good to go, not me, you know, I got a gut too, but if you have abs, you still got a gut there and follow that and enjoy that. Thank you, Kyle, for, for being on the podcast. Thank you for Thank telling you. your story. Uh, thank, you. thank you. Truthful. I mean, I think a lot of people come on here and with all your success, I mean, you're, you're still very humble with the idea that you've gone through, gone through hurdles. Well, thank so. you. Yeah. It's, it's never going to be easy. Nothing is easy is, uh, is, is, you know, again, it's, uh, no risk without or no reward without risk. So, and it, it it's not easy, but, um, I think the, if you stick with it and you're passionate again and you're persistent then you'd be successful and nothing more rewarding um, than that, uh, you know, whether you make a lot of money or you're just, you know, whatever is a lot of money to you, to each person, but it's very rewarding to have your own thing, you know, and be successful at it. So um, yeah. Thank you again, everyone listening, please subscribe, please share. 
And if you're getting blinds, go to Blindster. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.